Church Project. How's everyone doing? Is everyone awake? Feeling good? Summer has kicked in. Everyone's looking tan already, ready to rock and roll into the summer. Glad that you're here today. If you're a first-time guest, we hold the Bible in high, rebar- in high regard. Regard, not rebarred. So, <laughs> in high regard, and so we, it's very important to us. So if you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles on each lamps on the sides, or there's Bibles in the row. So we invite you to grab one of those. And if you don't own one, that's our gift to you. Uh, if you'll open it up to page 700, we're going to be in James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. So just page 700 in those blue Bibles, or James 4, uh, ver- chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. So we'll get there in a minute. Uh, we want to start a little, a little different today, though. Uh, there's a lot of announcements, and, and Jeremy, thanks for making that, that video and showing the announcements. So here's the deal. We have a new website. Go to the website, look at all the announcements. It's kind of slick. It's a good-looking website. But the announcements are on there. But I want to highlight a couple that are coming up this week. One, we're having First Wednesday this week. We haven't done that forever, and we're doing it again this Wednesday, and it's a potluck. So we better hear cheering right now. There you go. Yeah, potluck. So bring your own food. The address is on the, on the website, and, and that's on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday is the first Project Kids Day Out. And so grab a blanket, go party at a park somewhere. I think it's, I don't know what park it is. It, it, Allen Park, okay, so go do that. That'll be fun. That's on the website. And then I, I, we do want to tell you that third, the 3rd third of July, we don't meet. We take that whole weekend off. Isn't that messed up? We don't have church that weekend. That's awesome. So go be the church. Like, go, go have a barbecue. Go hang out with families and, and friends and, and just be the church. Be away. So uh, that's coming up. Also, this is very important. Youth for Christ is one of our ministry partnerships, and we're having a work day this Saturday from 9 to 11. That means we, with all our ministry partnerships, we partner, we partner financially already, but this is a great way to partner financial. Let me start over. A great way to partner relationally. So, Saturday, show up from 9 to 1. Bring your work clothes and a good attitude and ready to tear down all the skate park stuff and all that stuff. Yes, invite your friends and family. That'll be a good time. That's on the website we got to keep going just because now I don't want to leave anyone out. Okay, Young Life is having a golf tournament coming up, right? Young Life, see Christopher for that. I think, is FCA having a golf tournament as well? I think so. Same day, FCA golf tournament. If you like golf, you're really going to love this summer, okay? Day Spring is having a golf tournament coming up, all three of those. Um, we're, we're partnered in those. Um, international Students um, in, in Inc. by David Shelley. That's another ministry partnership we have. They're off for the summer, which is great, so pray that they get rejuvenated before all the international students come back and, and, and hang out with them. Let's keep going. Is that okay? We're going to keep going. Waypoints Church, every Friday and Tuesday, they have the soup kitchen, and we're partnered with them, and we're helping feed hungry and homeless people there, but we also need people to volunteer. And so, uh, you know, see Bill Jerky? Yep, he is our new liaison to Waypoints Church. All right, so see him, so we can partner not only financially, but relationally. That'll be awesome. And then I'm going to have Haiti, or, or, or Haiti, April come up and talk about Haiti while I catch my breath, because she knows way more about it than I do. So give it up for Miss April. I have to say to you, 
is actually really relevant to all of that, to how we are the church. Um, I was at the library with my kids last week, probably, and this book caught my eye. Um, and I was like, oh, that looks Haitian. So I stopped and grabbed it, and of course it was. It was a Haitian story. So I couldn't resist borrowing it because all things Haitian are awesome. Um, and in my prayer times, too, God has really been giving me, like, a water theme for Haiti. Um, I think it's renewal and, well, this, too. So in this book, I was so surprised that God is even working in this library book. Uh, it's about a homeless little boy. He ran into a church, and he said he needed help. But before he asked for help, um, the pastor said, alone, we may be a single drop of water, but together we can be a mighty river. We must help each other be strong. I'm just a drop of water. I, I, can't, I can't be the liaison to Haiti. These other people who are working, striving to build the kingdom, we need all the other drops to participate. Um, and then on the Poudre River, I'm riding my bike. It's flooded. It's in flood status right now. And I'm watching it kind of go crazy. And I stopped and thought, what if I jumped in that water? I don't know what, I don't know what makes me want to do stuff like that. But I was like, what if I jump in that water? I'd be swept away. I'd be carried away by this river. And I, that's my hope. That's what I hope that we can all do together is just jump in, be the church, be the river. Why I am telling you this is because, first of all, it costs a lot of money to go to Haiti. We need your help. So if you feel like you have an extra $5, $10, $20, whatever you have, you can put it in our offering box. You can write just something indicative of Team Haiti or whatever. Um, but this is the most fun part. I'm excited about this. I have adoption cards right here. We have four couples who are getting married in Haiti this summer. I'm just going to read the back of this card. Um, we need groups to come and adopt these four couples. Um, if you're a small group, house church, if you're um, just a group of people who like to hang out during the week, whatever, form your own group, come find me because they need, they need things to get married. I'm going to read the back, and then I'm going to let you come find me later. It says, we would like to invite you to be part of the 2016 Bourjois and Haiti Marriage Festival. We have four couples who have chosen to honor God and their families. Sorry, I'm getting super choked up. By joining in holy matrimony, they all share a strong love for Jesus Christ and a desire to serve him more. They have elected to lead by example in a culture where formal marriage before God and the church is often an exception rather than a rule. It is, <laughs> I never cry. It is our hope that these men and women will serve as an inspiration for others in the community. They are all new Christians and active attendees of the church. We commend their initiative and ask for your prayers and support in conducting a formal ceremony and a celebration of their union to be held in mid-July. So let's partner with them. Let's make this happen for them. And let's help them step out in obedience to God. Thank you. Thank you, April. Good job. Uh, 
so if you cannot go to our, our, our trip to Haiti here in a, in next month, then this is one way to, to send support as well. These couples are already living together, um, and they can't afford to get married. And, and we're going with a very specific purpose, and that purpose is to have this wedding festival marriage thing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. Is that what word you said? Stoked, excited for that as well. Please see April, and let's, let's adopt these, these couples. Let's send pants and shoes and whatever else is on those cards. And so thank you for leading the way in that. That's awesome. Um, and we might as well just add a new ministry partnership a lot of you've been waiting for it. I'm going to invite Katie and Robbie to come up here. They have been they have been gone um, from Church Project for the last year, and God has done some cool things in their life as they've traveled to I don't know how many countries, doing who knows what, and telling people a, a, about God and and His love and serving. Uh, but we've been praying for them. A lot of you love them and know them already, but they're back just for today, and then they'll be moving on down to. Gainesville, Georgia, to hang out and have fun down there, but we're going to partner with them also. They're going to be our ministry, a new ministry partnership that we're starting right now, but I want to ask them one question, um, but before that, I know I've been talking all along, but would you please give uh, a warm welcome to Katie and Robbie. They, they could talk for a long time, but I told them I'm going to ask them one question. They, as they have seen the church here, they've seen the church abroad, and this whole thing is about Jesus, kind of the central focus of everything that we do. So I want to ask them one question, and Robbie and Katie, if you would, just, just where have you seen Jesus? And here's your question, who is Jesus? <laughs> I mean, a small one. Uh, so, um, we went to breakfast with Aaron and Lauren this morning, and it was fantastic at the Egg and I. It's a great place to eat. Um, and uh, Aaron asked this question, and so I'm kind of glad you re-asked <laughs> not just threw something else out there. Um, but we both have different answers, so I don't know if you want to talk about yours or just, okay, great. Uh, so, for me, I, um, Jesus this whole year, and um, and continue on, of course, um, he's been nothing but love, and um, and sacrificial. Um, what I mean by that is the people that we've come across uh, have been the the most humbling and uh, respectful and the most loving uh, people that I've ever uh, met in my life. Like it, like made me really have to look at myself and see how selfish. I am as an individual compared to how they uh, served uh, just our teams and our our squad and and um, and their community as well and so for me it was Jesus is love and I'm starting to shake now because I'm a little nervous sorry um, but that's what I I, I want to just press that on to uh, church project as well it's just mm-hmm. um, to to go out and um, don't be scared to go and talk to strangers. Like I know it can be nerve wracking to see someone in a grocery store and uh, like start talking to them, um, but you never know what what uh, your interaction could could mean in their life in that that moment. Uh, whether 
that could be something traumatic has happened in their life and uh, God puts you in that same aisle or at that same uh, gas pump or uh, just passing in the park for a reason to say, reach out and extend that hand of love that uh, Christ often does. And so, um, yeah, just, um, I don't know, that's all I have. <laughs> Do you have Great, yeah. I don't like microphones. Hi. Um, yeah, I really liked this question too, but it was very difficult for me to answer this morning. Um, man, I don't like public speaking. Hi. Okay. Um, I think a big thing for me was there's so many attributes of Jesus that it's hard to pin down, like, who he is. And in every single country, we saw, sorry, oh, we saw different attributes of that. Um, there were some attributes that were only in Africa. They did really great things, and you saw Jesus in a lot of that. Um, some things existed more in Asia. Some things you saw more in Central America. Some things were in all of them. Um, but he was everywhere. There, there literally was no boundary. It's good. Um, awesome. It's great. <laughs> I think some of like our hosts in uh, three of the countries on this mission trip for Jesus weren't even Christians, um, which seems really strange. When we got there, and we're like, how do we work with a Buddhist woman uh, to spread Jesus' name in Vietnam? Like, what does that even look like? But it looked like teaching English to people who wanted to come study in America or in Australia. There were two groups. Um, And our ministry wasn't even with them. It was with her. We ate every single day with her. And the way that she served us, good Lord, she didn't even know Jesus, but she was Jesus. It was beautiful, and it was great. And we got to talk to her about Jesus, and we got to pray with her, and we got to spend time with her. And in that one month, our entire months of missions, mission work, which is AKA life, um, was her, was one person. Um, And it was just one conversation after the other, after the other. We went with her to her Buddhist temple and she showed us how proud she was. And then we prayed with her at every single meal. And just extending that hand, she did it so much better than we ever could have. And she didn't even know it. And every time I see that, I think, just want you to know Jesus. If you knew Jesus, you'd be unstoppable. Like you would be uh, ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, But every single country was like that. Every single space that we went, somebody else was serving us. Somebody else was loving us. Somebody else was going without a bed so that we had something to sleep on. Somebody else was eating half of what they usually do so that they could give us more. Um, It was, huh? Oh, good. Yeah. In Nepal, we had to hike up the Himalayan mountains to go to these villages to encourage them. Many, many times we heard, okay, you encourage them 20 minutes. And we say, what? Me? No. <laughs> you don't know that, no. Um, but they had seven Nepali pastors hike these mountains with us in the same clothing for a week. They didn't change once. They bathed in a river, and we bathed with them, which was very strange. Um, but... They were simply there. Those seven pastors weren't needed other than to carry our packs when we got tired. Oh, that was geez. that was it. And I was like, Ugh. in America, we'd be like, just grab a van. Or like, they're fine. Or, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different. But we have that power to, like, be Jesus here. And mm-hmm. we have that. And he doesn't have to know bounds. Mm-hmm. 
so exciting. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so much. But, yeah, so Jesus was everywhere. And even though we were in all these countries, we listened to the podcast every week. And Jesus is here. I don't know if you guys know that. But every time we would listen to a podcast, we saw things being mirrored here that we were experiencing on the race. So, and that's cool. Not a lot of other people on our squad could say that their church at home was following the Holy Spirit, like you guys are here. Mm-hmm. And it kills us to leave, but we're super excited that we still get to partner with you guys and still get to be a part of this family. Um, yeah, so you're Jesus. You guys are Jesus. Don't stop. Yeah, because <laughs> I can't do it. Any, any closing remarks, Robbie? Um, They're here today and gone, so they can talk. <laughs> um, I... I think we're going to uh, try to come back for another Sunday before we're gone. Um, but, um, yeah, I, we just, we love you guys. Like, I, I can't express that enough. Like, when we um, would hear the podcast and hear Chad's laugh or um, just Aaron make a comment to you guys, it's just, it was, it it brought us back home for, for a minute. And, um and there was a lot of days that it was, uh, um, we didn't want to be there anymore. We're like, I'm, I'm done with this. I want to go home. Um, I'm tired of uh, the hiking, you know, eight hours, or I'm tired of riding in a van for four days without like showering or anything. Like, I'm, um, but uh, just you guys are just awesome and um, and an inspiration to us that. Um, that a, a body of Christ like this is completely possible. And it's, you guys aren't just uh, the body of Christ. You guys are going out and, um, and serving the community and partnering mm-hmm. with Young Life and uh, um, with um, Youth for Christ. Don't even start. It's a long list. I know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm like, I hope I didn't I don't, I don't even think I can list them all, to be honest. That's awesome. So, That's awesome. But, yeah, just... Um, we just want to thank you guys and yeah. uh, just tell you how much we love you. Yeah. So, Katie has one yeah, more. Oh, one more. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say a cuss word? Yeah. Is that, is that okay? Uh, I mean, that's a loaded question. It's, it goes along with what, um, I just reminded me of it. It goes along with what April was talking about. Um, yeah, being Jesus here and God being the river, there's a phrase um, oh, okay. in the world race that it's they okay. actually okay. put. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise. They put it on T-shirts, and it's like a, it's like a funny way of like, dude, what's holding you back? Like, what are you doing? Quit being stupid. Um, but it's get your ass in the river, bro, and <laughs> and literally do it. Like, be what April said, and like whatever's holding you back, stop. Just jump in, and like go, uh-huh. because as much as you're the river, like the Holy Spirit's here, and you're the church. Yeah. God's in the river. God's the river. Like, jump in. Just uh-huh. let him sweep you away. Say yes. That's awesome. I don't know why we're putting donkeys in the river, but that's okay. Uh, hey, th- here's the deal. If you're, if you're a first-time guest, j- just welcome. We're glad you're here. I feel like I say this every week. We do things a little different, and oh, oh well. That's just what we are, I guess. Um, one of the painful things for me of a church is that you get, you get to make disciples, and then you get to watch them go. And you get to watch them go do ministry. And, th- and that's what the whole church is about. Like, make disciples meet needs and grow churches. And so we, we've already seen 
great people that just kind of come in church project, and we get to send them out to different places. And here's another example, and that's painful as people leave. It personally, it's painful. But look at the capital C church. Like, this is awesome. And so what I want to do is I, I want to invite, actually, the Rosinskis up because they're, they're, they have a loading van that's moved, that's packed up, and they're going to be moving out as well, so they won't be around as much. But get up here, Rosinskis. And the hills, um, I, would, I would like a, a couple people, if you feel led, just to come up here. I'm going to turn the mic off. We're going to pray great sendings as they go be the church, these, these two families. So if you feel led, come up and, and just, I'll turn the mic off. We'll pray over them a little bit, and then we'll get going. And the world race is a great place to go if you want to lose a lot of weight and look like a stud, Robbie, you stud. <laughs> uh, and as, I was, as we were praying, and, I, and this is one of the downfalls of, of doing this kind of thing, I, I, I realized... Jessica and Anthony are going to be leaving in, in a couple of weeks as well and moving to New Jersey and pursuing career and life. And so pray for them and bless them. And, and sorry we missed you up here. And anyone else we missed that, that God is moving on, here, here's the deal. We are an organi- organism, not an organization. We're always growing, we're moving, we're changing. And may God always be the central point of everything that we do. May the question always come down to who is Jesus? May we represent him everywhere that we go. Um, I'm doing quick math. Should I get into my message? Why don't we take a vote? Do we, do, who wants to hear a message today? Majority wins. You better go loud. Who wants, to, who wants to just be like, let's go to worship and we're done today? <laughs> Geraldo! <laughs> I know where you live, man. Okay, Bill Jerky, take him out. Okay. Let's hit it. I, I think God has got an actual solid word for us today, and so I'm going to jump right into it. I may skip some things, but I'm going boldly into this word um, today. So James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. We've been walking through James. James is looking at the church, and he's giving us direction. He, he's saying, I have, I have direction for you today. Uh, uh, James is also a book. It's, it's known as the Proverbs or the New Testament. This is how to live the life of Christ, uh, to live a life as a Christian. And so let's read James chapter 4, verses 7 through 10. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will exalt you. What an awesome verse. Don't you feel uplifted and encouraged right now? James is calling out to the church in the diaspora. The diaspora, the church is now scattering and persecution is happening. And so it's getting sent out in the diaspora. And James is is calling out to that church and saying, focus on Christ. Focus on Christ as you live your life with the church, as you live your life in the diaspora, as you're moving. God is growing the church and never forget to focus on Christ. And he says, who is Jesus? James, the whole book of James is is James standing up and talking to the church saying, who is Jesus? Focus on Jesus and church project. May we always focus on Jesus. Life is about him, not about us. When we make it about us, conflict happens. 
Just read the last chapter of James, and James has happened to talk about conflict that's happening in the church body itself. Forget about people that aren't Christians. James is talking about the body of believers, and conflict is happening. Why? It seems because they've lost their love of who Jesus is. They are in conflict with Jesus. So it's going to surface in their life of being in conflict with other people in the church because deep down, they are in conflict with Jesus. And so what seems like a kick in the pants from James in this, these few verses are actually a very beautiful passage. So my prayer is at the end of this today, talking today, that we'll see this as a beautiful passage, not a kick in the pants. Let's look at verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James is calling the church as individuals to repentance. To repentance. To examine their life. And to see how their life is or is not lining up with the life of Christ. And James is saying, it's time to repent. And it's time to come back to focus on who Jesus is. And James is making this this big call out. He's teaching that conflict among each other are deeper than just the cutting words and the physical violence. The conflict we're reading about right here. It's deeper than that. They were a people in conflict with God. And that played out in conflict with each other. Here's a great example, and I know none of you do this, but I'm guilty of this. If I've had a rough day, oh, dear God, my family is going to pay the price when I come home. Is that true, Lauren? Sorry. (laughs) If something just didn't go the way that I planned or I lost, you know, control of that one thing or whatever it may be, I'm already coming in the house and I have turmoil within me. And watch out, Zoe and Audra, huh? Because I'm yelling about dirty bathrooms or whatever it may be. I'm trying to control something. And James is here in the same spot. He's saying, you know why there's conflict, church? Because you're in conflict with who God is. If we were at peace with God, there would not be this conflict. All conflict resolution should begin by a renewed submission to God. By the internal act of of submitting to him. It's a good reminder this week. We're going to have conflict wherever we go, outside the church, but also in believers, brothers and sisters. And when that conflict arises, we need to first and foremost submit our lives to Christ. Say, God, out of this submissive state, how should I respond in this conflict? That's the beginning of conflict resolution. Christ came to serve, to love. And James is reminding the church to do the very same thing. Church project, are we in love with God? Are we submitted to God on the deepest levels possible? James is looking up and seeing the church and saying, Church, surrender to God. Turn from these ways, repent, and focus on God. I want to I focus on a couple words here. Submit in verse 7. Submit yourselves there to, therefore to God. The word hypotoso is the word submit, and it's the complete opposite word of antitomosi, which in, is found in verse 6. So if you look in verse 6 of last week, it said, God opposes, that fancy word, opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so we see in verse 6, God opposes the proud, but in verse 7, he says, I'm calling you to submit, which is the opposite 
of opposing. I'm calling you to submit to God and accept his grace and humility and, and be humble in who he is. So when we look at verse 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and we study our Bible, we ask God what's, what he's showing us and what that meant for that people in that time and how it relates to us. When we look at all of them together, we see our actions in verse 6. Humble. That's our actions. But God's actions, which is even greater in verse 6, is he gives grace. Regardless of our actions, he gives grace. Well, look at our actions in verse 8. What does it say in verse 8 that we should do? Look at your Bibles in verse 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So what's our action, church? Draw near to God. And what does God do? He draws near to you. Let's, let's look down in verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. What's our action, church? Humble ourselves before the Lord. And what does God do? He will exalt you. But this is good news. This is good news. The grace, the love that God has. And James is reminding us that all this conflict right here, it can stop if doing what? We repent and we focus on God and who he is and we're secure in our identity in him. And this love message comes out. James is reminding us that our action is to be humble and to draw near to God. However, the main emphasis is on God's grace, his action. It's already done. This is about his action with our mirrored life being a humble submission to God being our aim. He has already done it. Okay, that was really quiet for such a powerful point. Amen. Amen. <laughs> brother. No, you didn't need that part. Okay. <laughs> Verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore, and I like that, submit yourselves therefore, and then it says to who? Who? What does your Bible say? God. Submit yourselves to God. James isn't saying, by the way, church, submit to me the authority. I've got it under control. No. He says, don't submit to James. He says, don't submit to the church. He's not rallying a call for the organization, whatever that may look like, church project, you know, whatever other church names on it. He's not rallying that call. He is awakening the saints. James is awakening the saints in this, this passage. He's saying, submit to who? He's saying, submit to God, calling each of them to greatness, direct communion with God Almighty. May we just submit to no one other than God. No organization other than God. May we focus on who God is and serve the world as he's called us to do so. With our lives as we love. I want to ask a couple questions. What's, raging, what's a raging fire in our soul that is asleep right now? James is pouring fuel on it. God has given each of us greatness. He's designed it for us. Some of us, we're going to be hiking the Himalayas with camels on our back or whatever you guys did. It didn't make sense, but <laughs> camel packs. That's what I was trying to say. She's awesome. Some of us will never leave Greeley. Some of us listening to this podcast won't ever leave our house. 
There's greatness in every single one of us, and God has designed us to live in greatness. There's a raging fire that may be sleeping in our souls right now, and the only thing that's keeping that fire from being ablaze is is, um, humble submission to God and keeping Him as our focus. Church, James is pouring that fire or that fuel on this fire right now. He's calling each of us to greatness. The world is filling our heads, our lives with, with words of hate and doubt, aren't they? We see it in the news. We see it everywhere. Christians are called bigots and closed-minded. We see it. We know it. We feel it. The world around us is in pain and in hurt. But Christians, oh no, we see beyond today. Don't we? We see beyond today. We see what is to come. We see what is to be. We speak life into dead places. God has restored us. He's redeemed us. He's brought us to life. That is our reality. There's greatness in us that may be asleep, and the church is the greenhouse of disciples, of hope, of joy, of love. As we, church, submit to him, and as we each do that, that makes us more like him. And then guess what? We got ourselves a church. Awkward moments of silence. We got ourselves a church. When each and every one of us is the church, alive, repenting, focused on who God is. Let's go to verse 8. Jeremy's looking at his watch. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Go to verse 8. He will draw near to you. This is not a works righteousness emphasis, but a promise that God responds to faith. This is not a you do this and I do that, but it's a promise from God that he responds to faith. He's already given us his love. He's already given us all his grace. And I think of Psalms 145 verse 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call him in truth. Psalms 145 18. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call him in truth. Church project, may we be the church. May we draw near to God. In fact, I, I want to do this since, since we're doing it a little different today. Well, this passage right here, this verse right here, it says what? It says, draw near to him. And so I want to have a couple people come up and tell me how you actually draw near to God. Um, how do you draw near to God? Like, I could give you my perspective on how I draw near to God, and don't you think I won't? I will. But what's an aspect of your life, your walk with Christ, with Christ today, this week, that you are drawing near to God? Who's going to give someone the gift of going second? That means you'll go first. How do you draw near to God, church? Robbie, he loves it. Oh, come on. If you touch the mic, you're next. Oh, Jack! <laughs> All right, um, so how I've been drawing near to God is um, with my um, daily runs. Um, every morning I get up at uh, about 5, 5.30, and I'll go run and watch the sunrise come up and just really speak to God while I'm uh, running and just, like, what he has for me today, what uh, I'm seeking in him today, um, things I've read over um, the uh, the book in the Bible that I'm reading, uh, uh, questions that I have that I'm asking for answers. 
um, and sometimes he doesn't answer. But just having that uh, relationship with him that I can, that I'm talking to my father uh, as I exert my yeah. my body to build my body mm-hmm. to where it should be. Awesome. It's so. a great way. Jack. Jack, you're next, right? Yeah, and we'll do one more after you, Jack. So Why is it that I feel the momentum coming this direction? Really, it must rather? be the Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah. running you over. So I had, I mean, for me, um, there's a couple people in here, but I get up at four o'clock in the morning every morning, um, mainly so I have an hour to read scripture, have time for prayer, have time to be um, by myself in thought, um, uninterrupted, and then. Uh, like Robbie, I go work out for an hour, hour and a half, so that I can clear the mind and clear the, so that my body's ready to go and uh, face the day that God's laid before me. Mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, I, you know, the greatest thing that uh, outside of my family that I get to do is I, I get to meet with some of the people that are in this congregation and outside of this congregation, and get to hear how God's impacting their lives and help support them and. Uh, and uh, be a part of their world and in many different ways. So that's mine. Yeah. One more. Better be a lady. Just saying. Okay, Michelle. No one wants to touch the mic. You know, I don't hand it to me. <laughs> I think to go along with what Jack said, the um, just fellowship. God, draw, I draw near to God by what other people are learning. And... I, you know, I get to facilitate the women's Bible study, but I kind of feel like I come away with more than anybody. So, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> this, by the way, is a great thing to uh, do at house churches, even though we won't have them this week, the first Wednesday. How do we draw near to God, church? Uh, in me. You know, one of the ways that I draw near to God is just studying for the message. I, I love studying for it, even this morning, going through. I went through College Press, New American, Bob Utley, the uh, uh, N.T. Wright, and the NIV commentaries. Ooh, those are good. I love those things. I went through Hebrew, Aramaic, Greek dictionary. I went through a Greek-English lexicon, multiple Bible versions, and theological dictionaries. And I love it. I love it. What are different ways that we draw near to God? God has designed us to stay focused on who he is. So let's look at our verse. I'm going to cut out a bunch. Verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Thank you, God, for drawing near to me. I'm I'm going to have my flawed attempts at best. We're a project. We don't have it figured out. God, thank you for drawing near to me. And cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9, be wretched, which means very unhappy and miserable. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to, to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. 
I love when, when he says, he will draw near to you. It's God drawing near to you, and we draw near to him as, as, as much as we can. And, and he's talking about in this verse right here, in these verses, he's saying when the, the parts of our lives that aren't aligned up with God, I, we pray, and James is teaching, and he's saying, I pray that you are miserable in those states that aren't lined up with God, that the conflict that's happening amongst you because of the conflict with you and God, that you're going to be so miserable in that that you hit rock bottom. And you have no other way to go but up. And James is looking and he walks very methodically and saying, be losers, hate life, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets down to the very end and he says in verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord. When you hit rock bottom, when you're in conflict, when your tongue's flying, look back through James, everything he's been talking about. When you hit that spot, humble yourself before the Lord. And the promise that I pray over my life and I pray over all of us today is that he will exalt you. Amen. Thank you, God. May it always be about you, from you, and for you. May my life continually be mirrored of God. And when I'm an heir, may I turn from that heir and humbly submit to him and point to him, even in my failures, which I have plenty of them. I'm going to give you two examples just because I love them, but I'm going to make them quick. John 8, 1 is a woman caught in adultery. Remember this story? She's about to get stoned to death. And Jesus tells her, go and sin no more. You're forgiven, you're free. Break those chains. Go and sin no more. Another example is the prodigal son. Remember this one? The wasted prodigal son took all dad had and squandered it in the worst possible ways. Remember this story? The lowest point of this son's life, he turns and comes back to dad. Remember this story? This story is not about the son and his pathetic choices. The story is about the noble man, the father, who, by the way, when you're a noble man in that time, you don't run. But the noble man, what do we see him doing? Hiking up his skirt and running to meet his son. The story is about Jesus running to us. That's what this is about. So when we fail, and we will, may it take us to the depths of gloom and despair and, and to the point where we, it just like, we want to vomit up the sin in our life because we want to look more like Christ today than we did yesterday. May we ask God for his forgiveness, and may we submit to him. When we do that, church, we're alive. When we're alive, we're alive. And when we're alive, the capital C Church is alive across the world. That's a good word. I'm going to ask us to close your Bible and reflect on this. I believe the Holy Spirit can teach us and continue to teach you in this spot a very personal way, what he's trying to show you and teach you. So, uh, Holy Spirit, we surrender to you. Holy Spirit, teach us. Holy Spirit, rebuke us. Holy Spirit, encourage us. Holy Spirit, we submit to you. God, we submit to you in our lives. 
God, I pray you make us more like you. God, please break us where we need to be broken. God, may we desire you. May we be men and women that desire you more than anything. God, we pray that our identity will be found in you.